our first adventures in uh, Skype group recording to try and get as many of the team involved as possible but we've got some people recording together on location as it were and then we've got three of us Skyping in so it's a bit more technically adventurous than we're usually used to so hopefully everything will come together. I, I think the International Space Station has less trouble getting in touch with people than we do at the moment but it's, it's so far so good. So we, we will plough ahead and see how it pans out. To celebrate the Impossible Podcast's fourth anniversary... Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us, indeed. It's been four long years since uh, Swithin, Caleb, James and I first sat down to talk over an episode of Doctor Who, which was Partners in Crime, I think. It was the return of Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. Mm-hmm. Um, and to mark the occasion, we're doing something a little bit different, something we've never quite tried before. As rumours of a new Doctor Who movie helmed by David Yates continue to circulate on the internet, we've decided to uh, put our heads together and see if we can come up with something better. We're basically coming up with a a fantasy Doctor Who movie, with cast and crew picked from across time and space. To explain it in a bit more detail, Swithin Dobson, the mastermind behind the scheme. Okay, so we've got six categories, uh, which are going to be in this order. A director, companion or companions, a villain, monster, doctor and scriptwriter. Basically, we want to pick anybody, living or dead, mm-hmm. from TV, radio, a- anywhere, to fill these roles. Yeah. Preferably not from the mainline who, so not the TV, but spin-offs and things. I think so. Okay, They've okay. got to be real-life characters, but they can be living or dead. Real-life people, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then... Basically, we go through an order. I, we randomised this earlier. So the picking order is going to go Sarah, Olivia, Caleb, James, Peter, and myself. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be in any way realistic, because the idea is that we've each been given a budget, an unlimited budget, to produce our dream Doctor Who movie. And the time machine. And a ta- yeah, <laughs> we've been given an unlimited budget and keys to the TARDIS. We can go and pick whoever we want from, whichever in their careers we choose yeah and in terms of actually putting together the movie we can be realistic in our expectations or we can be completely off the wall yeah it's as we see fit I um, have to say if someone handed me the keys and Zardis I'm not so sure I'd be doing this yes I think I need a TARDIS to make sense of this yeah I know so just go with it another, I'm going, important, I'm another, going. another important rule is that whenever somebody picks an actor or a yeah. crew member that person's name is off the table nobody else can pick them for anything so if for example sarah picked daniel radcliffe as the doctor not that she ever would i'm sure 
let's say that she did, oh. nobody else would be able to pick Daniel Radcliffe for anything, be it companion, villain, doctor, yeah. whatever. All gone. So, I reckon we may as well start because you're probably more confused than us at this point. Yes. So, to be I don't know, I'm pretty confused. Okay. Yeah, so am I. No, don't explain it. Just get on with it. It makes sense. So, here we go. First round, round number one, directors, Sarah to choose first. Right. I'm rubbish on directors. You guys are all going to have lists of my long. I've got a list of three. Well, we can only pick one each, so... That's fine, I've only got three, so to pick from. Um, well, I'm not going to be obvious, I'm not going to pick David Yates. <laughs> First surprise of the year. Purely because I don't think anyone agrees with him doing a Doctor Who movie. Uh, Gary Ross. Gary Ross? Who did? Director of the latest Hunger Games film. Ah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Different. Uh, that was basically... For any reason? What, what was it about the Hunger Games that's convinced you that he did... I just think he did a really good job with Hunger Games. That was about it. I don't know a great deal about directors, so... Okay, oh, that's fine. Okay. without picking a Harry Potter one. So, Gary Ross is uh, Sarah's first choice. So, now we're to Olivia, director's pick. Um, I don't know anything about directors either, unfortunately. Yay, join the club! Yay! Um, so, I, I have a couple of, I had a couple of ideas, uh, but they're both terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, the less terrible one, Olivia. Uh, well, I, I themed my picks. So I'd like the Doctor Who movie to be animated. Ooh, um, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. And so I chose Lauren Faust, uh, former director Ooh. of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that she, she does uh, a really good job in making things accessible to children and adults at the same time, which is important for Doctor Who. Um, I love to work with um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I love, obviously love My Little Pony. And then her new short for uh, DC Nation, Super Best Friends Forever, I absolutely adored. So I think she'd be a great director if it was an animated movie. That's a good one. I, enjoy, I like that. Mm. That's very, very out there. <laughs> I like that. You're, you're, you're going with the Flash animation style yes. of My Little Pony then? Ideally, you? all ponies. <laughs> I believe that has been done in a YouTube movie, hasn't it? There's a Doctor Who Yeah, there, 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 has, there has been a few, so uh, it's, it's not impossible. <laughs> Just very unlikely. <laughs> I'm not so sure we're going for uh, possible. It's fine. I think impossible is just as good. Or better. Especially if anyone picks someone that's dead. The queen's in the title. It is in the title. Well made, point well made, Penny. Okay, so it's now Caleb, director. Ooh, well, I put down three picks, uh, just in case any of them got pinched, and all three of them are still available, but I will go for Guillermo de Toro. Oh, you might. Uh, Good shout. He was on my shortlist. Fame, and also the Hellboy uh, movies, and various other very good films, and he's uh, got a very weird and wonderful visual style that I think would be... Uh, really good. But you realise that, that by picking him, it dooms the Doctor Who movie to about 17 years of development hell. Yeah. <laughs> or he signs on and then leaves after, you know, three years. That's it. He'll come on, he'll develop it, and then they'll give it to somebody else. Well, he'd, he'd give some good redesigns for the monsters, at least. That's true. That is very true. 
I'd love mm. to see a Guillermo del Toro monster. So now on to James. So um, my my list of about nine, none of them have been picked. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Olivia and go for quite a geek friendly one. Um, I'm gonna go with Edgar Wright. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. I did think of him. Yeah. Yeah, I did think of him. He wasn't on my list, but I did think of him. Well, interesting visual style. Most importantly, a, a English director. Um, which I think is something that, that we want to stick with, I, I think would bring a very different sensibility to Doctor Who uh, and has got a long history of success in both uh, TV and film. So uh, definitely one that I think would do well with it. Nice. Good choice. On to Peter. Having seen most of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince last night, I was actually tempted to go with David Yates for this. <laughs> Um, but I sidelined him in, in favour of another Harry Potter alumnus. I'm going to go for Alfonso Cuaron. Ah. Oh. Oh. Because I, I don't think I've seen a single Cuaron movie that I haven't liked. He's got the horror chops because he's done the others. He's done quite dark and moody atmospheric pieces. He's got the sci-fi chops. He's, got, he's done some hard-edged stuff like uh, Children of Men among others. He's a multi-talented person. He knows his visual style. And I think Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is really good proof that you can give him an existing property and he'll take a fresh look at it but still keep mm. the spirit of the original and make it fun. Um, but just, just with that slightly moody, dark edge to it. So, Quaron is my man. Mm. Nice, and I think that now leaves me. Uh, I knew I was going last in this, so I had a big list of about six. None of which we've taken? One of which has gone, okay. uh, which Caleb took, but he wasn't number one, which I'm glad about. Well, so I'm not going to have heard of number one, am I? <laughs> so, I, th- I think... Peter, if, who, I, if I know Swithin, I think... Who do you think it's going to be, Peter? I think it's going to be Lynch. It's correct, it is David Lynch. Hey. <laughs> David Lynch, for a multiplicity of reasons, well, firstly, he's a really interesting director, great visual style. He's also got a good sense of humour as well, which I think is important with Doctor Who. Now, you might think, mm, David Lynch, not really going to be particularly child-friendly. Yeah, may have a point. But he has done, well, quite an elephant man, did only have a PG rating. So he can... <laughs> <laughs> and therefore was intended for kids. <laughs> I was going to say, am I the only person who considered the child audience here? No, 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 no he does. He's also done sci-fi in June, and also Twin Peaks. That famously child-friendly program. Yeah, it's not the most child-friendly, <laughs> but working with somebody else with a script, he, what basically what I'm saying is he, he's not just going to have loads of sex and violence throughout, and so he can tone himself down in those ways and still keep his, his essence, I would say. So yeah. His essence? Essence. Does he bottle it? Yes, he does, and he's going to sell it. Always <laughs> <laughs> <Obviously>, Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Who else was on our short list? Oh, I... In order? I, oh, yeah, Caleb, who did you have? The other list. Oh, I had, uh, just a moment, um, I had Terry Gillum and Peter Jackson. The only thing with Peter Jackson is mm. that uh, you just need to uh, take a really firm line to make sure it didn't mm. end up as ten hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. I'm going to tell the story of every single, you know, <laughs> version of Doctor Who possible in a Yeah, tell film. him he could only make a 45-minute episode, and perhaps it would come in at uh, three hours. Yeah. 
the other, other people on my shortlist were Kenneth Branagh um, oh. on the strength of Thor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Because he's got a really nice classical and an epic sensibility, but, again, has proven that he can do a fairly mainstream, pop-culture-friendly movie. Um, and John Landis, but John Landis, um, sort of circa the early 80s, so around about his Blues Brothers Animal House sort of time. Nice. I had Chris Columbus, which is just to go with another Harry Potter one. I had um, Miyazaki. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, or Sam Raimi. A <laughs> little bit of a difference between those two. Or John McTiernan. Oh, oh interesting choice. Just because that'd be awesome. It would. Um, I, my idea with that being a kind of diehard in the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> diehardis. Yeah, or the Coen Brothers was my other one. Oh, that was that was one of my ideas. They're more Ardman. Yeah. Interesting that we've all gone with contemporary directors. We haven't used our TARDIS keys yet. No. We're all sticking. I had, no, I had enough trouble with people who are alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyone else do it? Sure. Should we head on to the next round? Yeah. Yes, please. Next round. Oh, just as a, just an aside, I just wrote a list of people I liked. So I had Darren Aronofsky, Chris Nolan, Time Time Keys of Orson Welles as well. Just because I can. Uh, so, next pick, companions. So, for my first companion pick, I am going to choose a young Helena Bonham Carter. Ah! Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got, got more Harry Potter on them than me. But basically, I'm thinking, she's obviously a very good actress. She's quite oh. quirky, and she's got a, a, a humorous element to her as, as well. Uh, and, and, she's, and she's English. So... All good. I like it. Question: yeah. Can I? Can we use people who've already been picked for later drafts? No. What for different categories? Yeah, I would say no. Rats. That's one of my picks gone then. I'm glad I went in for it first then. Yeah. So that's me. Now it's on to Peter. Oh, I'm I'm still agonising over this because my choice of companions will partially dictate my choice of Doctor if my picks are still available, which I hope they will be. Um, but simply because I went to see the new Muppet movie last night, companion one is going to be Amy Adams. Amazing choice. This is fantastic. <laughs> she has got a fantastic comic sensibility. She's quite vivacious. She's got a sense of innocence and optimism to her, but she can do some harder-edged roles as well, because she was cast in Catch Me If You Can among other things. She's the new Lois Lane, so she's going to get very geek-friendly very quickly. Mm. But I think just on the strength of Disney's Enchanted, she's, she's decent companion material. Mm. <laughs> Amy Adams. Uh, you can tell that you, you're, a, you're a dad now. <laughs> oh, completely. <laughs> okay, that's Peter James. I'm, I'm in a similar position to you that actually my, my picks here decide who I go with later. But... I'm going to go for a little bit of a left-field choice and go with... I don't actually know how to pronounce her name, but Tina Majorino. Tina, Tina. Mm-hmm. She was um, she was Mac from Veronica Mars, oh, and she was in um, oh, Napoleon mm. Dark Prince. And Andre. She was in Andre. I, I'm basically going on the basis that Doctor Who loves to pick up like relatively obscure people <laughs> and, and catapult them. Um, into superstardom. So I think Amy Adams is a lovely, lovely pick, but a little bit too big. 
So I wanted to go for someone who had been on the fringes of of becoming big. So that's my first pick. That, that is an inspired choice. Sir. Yeah. Okay, Caleb. Ooh, um, okay, for my first choice of companion, I will pick uh, Rebecca Hall, who was in, um, she was in The Prestige, and she was in mm. Startup for Ten, um, and she won the She's really good. Best, best Supporting Actress BAFTA, um, so, yeah, she is really good, uh, I, I really think she'd make a great companion, so... Was she the wife in The Prestige? Yeah. She's in Frost Nixon. Um, she's in Dorian Gray. Um, she's in Untitled International Suspense Thriller for 2013. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, that's one of my favourites. <laughs> Olivia, you're up next. Um, I had a lot of trouble with this. I suppose if I'm doing an animated uh, Doctor Who, one of my favourite voice actors is probably um, Tabitha St. Germain does the voice of Rarity in My Little Pony. She's got this fantastic, uh, over-the-top, dramatic sort of voice that she can do, and she's also very good doing the serious stuff as well. Um, I also thought that Miranda Hart would make a good companion. Uh We've seen with Catherine Tate as Donna Noble uh, that bringing comedians can really work. And I think uh, Miranda's got great comic timing. And, um, you know, everybody loves her. Uh, <laughs> and I think she she brings something really interesting to the role. So, so, so are you going with Miranda Hart, then? Yes. Oh, no. There goes one of my choices for the Doctor. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. I'm gutted about that. <laughs> I'm really you sorry. You just changed the dynamic of my entire film in one fell swoop. I'm really sorry. Well, it's okay, this is why we're doing the draw. You've got to play strategically. <laughs> Put down the voice actor instead, and you can have Miranda as a doctor. No, no. <laughs> Re- really? Miranda? Really? Yes, and then... If you've got her voice, can I have the physical appearance of Miranda Hart? <laughs> yes. Voiced but... by someone else? I'll, I'll do the <laughs> And I want the, the episode to end with the musical number. Uh, no, the, not the episode, the movie. The movie to end with a musical number. Like Miranda. Your your movie sounds awful, Olivia. <laughs> it's an animated film starring Miranda, the actual likeness of Miranda. Doing a musical number. Well, the thing is I don't play these fantasy casting games at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> Couldn't you tell? No. <laughs> I deliberately set out to do something stupid. Oh dear. So, Sarah. <laughs> right, so you, you can get two picks now if you want to take two. You don't have to take two. You can take two if you wish. Oh, heck, I've only just decided on one. I've changed my mind about, well, every time someone else spoke, basically. Right, my first one, I'm going with Felicity Day. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's a good choice. That's very big friendly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Felicity Day Swithers going, who on earth is that? Felicity or Felicia? Oh, Felicia then. All right then. Um, <laughs> got her name right. The Guild, currently in Eureka. Oh. She's done a lot of, she's one of Joss Whedon's oh, okay. regularly used. Do you mean Felicia Day? 
Yeah, we yeah we just covered that. I got the name. Oh, wrong. sorry, That's sorry, okay. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Felicity Day is who you call when Felicia Day is not available. Probably I've been for years, so that's probably not so good. But anyway. So we're going. So do you want a, Do you want a second companion? You don't have to, but you can if you want. There's your chance. Right. No, I'm not picking Rupert Grint. I'm not picking you any. You have an entirely red-headed touch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do it. No, it's true. Stop doing this because I keep changing my mind now. No, I'm going to go with Zachary Levi. Ooh. Ooh. Good one. Oh, Chuck Fane, mainly. That's an uber geek. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's not... I don't know much about... Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, my original cast of just men that I fancy, he was on that. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically my changes for the Doctor, basically. I still haven't decided which one. <laughs> Just the role of the Doctor will be played by Chris Hemsworth, sans shirt. Actually, that Chris Hemsworth idea sounds very attractive. Um, I can't think of anything else. I've already ruined everything, so uh, I think I'm going to just take a step back. You're going to stick at one companion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Caleb next. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for Martin Freeman, who's perhaps a bit of an obvious choice, but uh, I want to stick him in there for reasons I will explain later. James, you're up. Right, I'm going to go with Alison Pill. Alison Pill, was that? Yep. Um, She was um, Kim in Scott Pilgrim. Ah. And she was, um, who was she? She was in Paris After Midnight as Scott Fitzgerald's wife, whose name I can't remember. Zelda. Yes, yes, very good. So, yeah, she's, she's absolutely brilliant. She's also in Milk, um, the Harvey Milk film with Sean Penn. Um, but she's, she's absolutely great. Um, again, not very well known. A little bit of a, a, a different dynamic of having two women as companions. Um, yeah. What should be? Um, I, I was considering two women as well, but I'm going to go in completely opposite direction and pick Dexter Fletcher. But mm. young Dexter Fletcher from the early 1980s, so from his sort of elephant man um, sort of appearance. Okay. Um, for, and again, as, as with Caleb, there are reasons behind this choice. They will become apparent later. Sorry, forgive the ignorance. Who is Dexter Fletcher? Dexter Fletcher, he played the little cotton urchin in The Elephant Man. He was oh. in... He's been in a lot of Guy Ritchie things since okay. then. Okay. He was in Sun... The Star... Star... Whatever it's called. Stardust. He was in Stardust. He was soup in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. He presented Series 3 of Games Master, for those of you who watched that. <laughs> And was terrible at it. He was in the Doom movie. <laughs> oh dear. Which I loved, <laughs> by the way. He was in Press Gang, wasn't he? He was in Press Gang, that was it. He was in Moffat's Press Gang. He played Spike. Of course, yes. So he, ha- he has prior form of Moffat, at least. Um, was he in Kick-Ass? He was in Kick-Ass. He turned up as Nathan's dad in Misfits as well. 
So he's been in loads, basically. Yeah. I've probably seen him, just not recognised him. So, to me, oh, I found this quite a difficult one to choose. I only had two names. Uh, one of which was good. The other uh, sorry, bad. hang on. I, I've just got to interrupt there. Dexter Fletcher was in a unit recruitment film. Yes, he was. In oh. 1993, he narrated a, a little fan-made recruitment movie for Unit, which I've not <laughs> seen, but apparently is floating out there on YouTube somewhere. I think I've seen that. Have you? I think I have. Because no? I really like Unit. And, yeah, I think I've watched that. It was pretty good. Cool. There you go. Just found that on IMDb. Oh, nice. Amazing. Right. My second companion pick is going to be James Callis. Who? The most famous he probably is, Gaius Baltar in Battlestar Galactica. Ah. Ah. And now in Eureka as well. And as the gay friend in Bridget Jones. Was he? Mm -hmm. No, I haven't seen Bridget Jones. I've seen it and I don't remember it. Evidently a very, you know, memorable character. Mm. Yeah, clearly. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, because, again... He's got a decent sense of humour. He plays a reasonably amusing character, but also he can act as muscle if necessary. So, yeah. I've got James Callis. So, I think we're now onto the villain and Sarah to uh, choose first. How are we defining villain as separate from monster, by the way? Oh, I was thinking of monster as in non-humanoid. <laughs> okay. So, sort of an, an actual actor. An actual actor, yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking about that. Yeah. Is that what everyone else thought? Well, I've gone with the voice of a monster as well as being played by someone different. Yeah, yeah my my monster is potentially humanoid in appearance. That, that, that's that's fine. That's fine. I was just thought. Well, let's see what people come up with, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, let's just go with it and see what happens. Okay. Okay. With these choices. Benedict Cumberbatch. Ooh. Yeah, he had to get snapped up sooner. Yeah, that. purely because I just really like him, him as the idea as him as a villain. Not necessarily the Masters, which is what he's been rumoured to be, um, but I just really like him as a villain. Which is going to be in the Star Trek sequel. He is, of course. Mm-hmm. As we think a villain, don't we? Yeah, and he's voicing Smog, the dragon in The Hobbit as well. Mm. So he's sort of a villain in that. Ah. I just like the idea. I think he'd be a good villain. Hmm. No, I think he would. So, Olivia, uh, you're up. Uh, Claudia Black. Oh, hey. Uh, she was in, uh, well, I, I, I know her from video games. She's in Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and Uncharted. Uh, and Gears of War 3, actually. Uh, but you guys know her from Farscape, probably. Ah, and um, Starscape, SG-1. She's an SG-1, yeah. Ah, right. Yeah, fact, well, her. <laughs> ben Browder, her co-star in both of those, is in the next series of Doctor Who as well. So. Ah. In the <laughs> Western episode. I'll pretend that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was in Pitch Black, wasn't she? The first Riddick movie. Yeah, she was. Wasn't she in the Dresden Files as well? No idea. <laughs> I, I don't know her by name. Do you know who she was? Liz? Liz? It wasn't a character. It was Liz. Uh, Liz? Explain the character? I have no idea. You're making it up, aren't you, James? Absolutely, probably. Yeah, okay. What was her name again? <laughs> Liz. <laughs> no, not, not that one. Uh, not the character you're making up, James. <laughs> <laughs> that, can be a, that can be a villain's name. 
I'm IMDBing it. I'm IMDBing it as well. <laughs> oh dear. Play some video games, guys. Play play Uncharted 2. <laughs> and then you will understand. But while, while we're looking at Miss Black's back catalogue, Caleb, who's your villain? My villain, I'm going to nab Christopher Lee. Oh, <laughs> classic. Ah. Uh. That's throwing a spanner into his ears. Yeah, that's, that's also taking that mind. Christopher Lee as he is now, or at some point earlier in his career? Because it's a very long and storied career. Yes. Um, I, I haven't quite settled on what point in his career, but pro- probably um, probably 70s Christopher Lee. Yeah. The man with the gold skill. I'm pleased that he's been taken, but disappointed that you've taken him. <laughs> James, you were, sorry, going back to, uh, you are right, she's in one episode of the Dresden Files. She does actually play Liz Fontaine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, a ex-con pri- turned private eye in one episode, 2007. I'm fairly certain it's the one episode of the Dresden Files that I've seen. <laughs> Evident, that's probably why you're, she's only in that one, yeah, she plays the character Liz Fontaine. There you go. Okay. Well remembered. It, it, it's your turn then. Who, who's going to be your villain? So, with Christopher Lee gone, um, I am going to take Liam Neeson. Nice. Oh. But it's, um, it's specifically um, Batman Begins Liam Neeson. <laughs> I think you do have to specify when it comes to Liam Neeson. Mm. Yeah. But he's got that sense of... He's got that sense of intelligent menace. He can do the action stuff. Um, he's Liam Neeson. He's brilliant. <laughs> he's a lion. He's a lion <laughs> and a Jedi. He's a lion and a Jedi. <laughs> oh, them's fighting words. Oh, sorry. He wasn't no, a great good. Jedi either, really. Oh, no. no. Whoa. Whoa. Them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> He, he was the best bit of The Phantom Menace, let's put it that way. James, you, have, you don't even acknowledge the film in which he exists in Star Wars. I think you broke him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried to add to it in a joke. <laughs> <coughs> uh, okay, it's, it's, okay, it's my turn and I'm torn. Oh dear. I've got two really good choices. But I think I'm going to have to follow my guts <laughs> and go with Peter Lorre. Okay. Hmm. He died in 1964, but as I have my TARDIS, that's fine. I can nip back mm-hmm. and pick him up. Yeah. Uh, he's a Hungarian actor. If you, if you see a picture of him, you will recognise him. It's Lorre, spelled L-O-R-R-E, <coughs> looking him up on uh, IMDb. Uh, he ran away from home uh, to start acting. He's in Fritz Lang's M. He's in Casablanca, The Maltese Falcon. Because he, he started in German language movies and then made... Oh, yeah. Romantic. He's in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea as well. He's got very distinctive face, very distinctive voice. It gets mimicked an awful lot, even to this day. Um, but he cornered the market playing comedy sidekicks and villains. Uh, but I think particularly younger Peter Lorre make a particularly good one for, for the Doctor I've got in mind assuming I can I can nab him I've got a lot riding on this now <laughs> <laughs> ok that's down to me Christopher Lee was in number one spot mm. 
So, well, the rest of the list isn't massively inspiring. It's a toss-up between two. And... Mm, uh, what the heck, let's go for Alan Rickman. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You really have, you guys have picked more Harry Potter related people than me. Alan is a, is a great villain. Again, he can be quite amusing in his own strange yeah. way. And I think would fit quite nicely with my with David Lynch at the helm. Um, my other choice was going to be Oliver Reed, which was... Okay. I was very... I was considering him. That's good. Uh, very torn between those two, so just a last-minute pick Rickman. Um, so... Shall we, shall we just recap and see yeah. what other actors people had on their shortlist? Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, Sarah, did you have anyone else on there? Um, I had Alan Rickman, and rather predictably, Rafe Fiennes, just because I think he's really, uh, really good as Voldemort. Um, again, I think they're just both very, very good in Harry Potter, and yeah, Alan Rickman is, is a very good villain in, in other things. Um, that's all that comes to mind. Oh no, uh, sorry, I had Ron Rifkin, yeah, who... I know the name, I don't... ...plays um, the villain, or one of the villains, he plays Alvin Sloan in Alias. He's absolutely yeah. creepy as anything in that. So that was him. But yeah, Ron Rifkin is his name. Olivia, did you have anyone else on your shortlist? Uh, I can't. I can't think of anybody um, off the top of my head. Uh, nope. No, <laughs> Sorry. Well, Claudia Black is a good choice, and she, I think she's unlikely to to spring to mind for any of the rest of us. Good as she is. Well, I, I themed my list. Uh, you might be detecting a theme. <laughs> Ever so slightly. Caleb, <laughs> uh, after Christopher Lee, who, who was your choice? Uh, Zachary Quinto, uh, Sylar yes. Buck, uh, and also Helen Mirren. Ah, okay. Yeah, she would have been good. Yeah. James, anyone? Uh, I had Helen the Bottom Carter um, before she was taken. Oh, okay. Um and Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> Very different people. Yeah. But see, Mickey Rourke and Liam Neeson, both good villains, both quite hard men though, both sort of action role yeah. actors. So I'll, I'll be interested to see who your doctor is. <laughs> is it Jason yeah, Statham? Are we going to end up with some sort of fist fight in the console room? <laughs> Liam Shatner. <laughs> yeah, it's... Ah, it's, oh, it's weird if you've taken it. Still right through me. That doesn't count as a choice. <laughs> I, I had Paul Giamatti as my, my second choice. I, I was this close to going with him as well. I, I know he's normally cast as failed romantic leads or comedy sidekicks, again, like Peter Laurie, but... Uh, I saw him in what was the movie called Ironclad last year mm. which is a sort of really small British made movie and he played King John and he mm. seemed to be acting in a completely different film and was basically there on set to chew the scenery and foam at the mouth and wave his arms about <laughs> to was having a fantastic time doing it and was properly boo-hiss panto villain <laughs> your brother's in Ironclad isn't he? he is this is the only reason I watched it <laughs> Is your brother Paul Giamatti? You've rumbled me. <laughs> Nepotism did not win out in this case. So, next round is the monster category, which uh. Uh, I said at the beginning was something that I thought we could have a Doctor Who 
monster in. Everyone agree with that? Yeah. Yep. Can we pick an existing monster and also a person to play them? If you want to, I hadn't thought of that. I just thought of monsters as, as monsters and get people in suits. But yeah, if you want to, that's fine. Okay. Matt Damon as Chief Dalek Operator. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Please, Ben Affleck. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's, that's fine. I, I, didn't, I didn't do it, but that's fine. I, I'm, I'm number one, I was last last time, on uh, the villains. Quite an obvious choice, I think, but I think they've worked well. I always like the concept of them. I don't think they've necessarily been doing massively well in the TV series. They are the Cybermen. Mm. For the basic reason of they're very nice monster of being what's human what's not which could be quite an interesting take with the film and let's say um, I think David Lynch would do that well right through reinvention yeah definitely I think he'd approach the sort of psychological and body horror fairly well yeah as well which I think would run very well with that yeah so Pete you Um, I was considering the Cybermen but I opted finally for another monster I don't think has been treated particularly well by the series, either classic or new who, and that is the Sontarans. Okay. I I really like I know not the most obvious choices, but I do think they could be done very well and could be made quite interesting and in the right hands. And again, Alfonso Cuaron, he's done some fairly hard hitting military type stuff in Children of Men. And I like the idea of the Sontarans as kind of almost like Ronin, as these yeah, these hardened space soldiers who are just bred for battle and warfare and know nothing else. Um, and the Sontaran leaders would be played by Andy Serkis, if given the choice. <laughs> uh, with makeup effects and suits by the Stan Winston Creature Shop. That was so, a lot of thought went into that. Yeah, I, I have been thinking about this most <laughs> of the afternoon. So, Sontarans are my choice. James, it's you. Okay, um, I'm going to go with the Ice Warriors. Mm. Um, and they are going to be either led or all played by um, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really good choice. <laughs> Thanks. I like, the, I like the measure of surprise in your voice there. The last name I would have picked, but it makes perfect sense. Mm. Are they going to have ginger wigs? Well, <laughs> let's let's leave let's leave that to the production department, shall we? You know. Oh Caleb, I'm going to go with the Zygons. Any particular reason? Well, I think Guillermo del Toro would have a field day with them. I think they'd really be up his streets just in terms of visual style and doing all sorts of weird and interesting psychological things with them. And also I just think um, they are a really good design and shapeshifters are always uh, quite a fun uh, science fiction trope to play with, so plenty of scope for interesting stuff with that. Olivia, what was your choice? Um... I, I had a few ideas. I, obviously, I'm not as up on old Who as you guys, and uh, not, my memory isn't as it. good. <laughs> my memory isn't great about Doctor Who stuff, unfortunately. So uh, I was thinking, for the, this might be a bit of a weird idea, but I thought maybe we could bring back... You remember the forest of Cheem people? Yeah. yeah. Bring them back as villains. Hey. Uh, yeah. Have, an, 
have an environmental angle perhaps or something and i thought because it because my doctor who would be animated he could do something really interesting with the visuals there really push the designs of the tree people to look more sort of inhuman and alien uh think about the way that they move and fight in a sort of very different way i would i would love to see that um directed by Miyazaki. Uh, uh, eco fable with yeah. sentient killer trees. <laughs> uh, either them or perhaps the Silurians, because I, I like the Silurians and the eco stuff would be pushed there as well. I, I like the Forest of Team idea, I think that was really good. Mm. They were in um, The End of the World, episode 2 of series 1. Yeah. Jay, oh yes. Fancy Chris Eccleston, yes, yes, yes. I do remember them now. Yeah, yeah nice. They got, they did get a mention in the last Christmas special. I, mm. I always wanted to see them come back, and you know, movies as good a time as any. They, they are in the Worlds in Time video game. Right? Yes, you can be, you can be a tree person if you want. Okay, good call. Which leaves us with Sarah. Ah. There's, right. there's a very obvious monster that hasn't been picked yet, I've just noticed. Uh, there is, and I'm not going to pick it, what I think it is. Okay. <laughs> I, I very nearly picked the Slovene. And they. Just to hear his reaction. This is the Chumbly's big comeback, <laughs> The troll factor. It was very tempting. No, I haven't picked it. Well, I, it depends on whether how well you know me. It, it, when I explain it, it might be an obvious one. I picked the plasmavores. Ooh. Basically for the vampiric theme of the... Uh, uh, from Smith and Jones. From Smith and Jones, yes. Although when Googling uh, it, I just realised there are also hemovores, which... Yes. I, I nearly went with hemovores. Yeah, well, I didn't go with them purely because I don't know them, because they're from old who. So I went with plasmavores, because they're still... Deva- and do I have to pick one person to play them, or do I have to pick... You can pick any of them. Well, I basically, I've, I've just clicked them up now, because I didn't have people to play these, but... Um, I'd probably pick Alison Hannigan to play one of them. <laughs> sorry. Because she oh, makes I'm a sorry. really, really good vampire, so going on the same theme. That's true. Um, and David Anders, who, um, Alias, Warehouse 13, he played Sark in Alias, so he played a, oh, right. a, a villain in that, um, and he, um, I'm trying to think what else he's been in. Anyone help me? He's been in other stuff. Oh, he was in Heroes um, as, uh, oh, Adam, I think it was. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Um, He's been in quite... He's got some geek credentials. Yeah, he's been in quite... He's been in quite a bit of stuff. Most recently, I know him. Oh, he's also... He's appearing in Once Upon a Time at the moment. He was in 24. He's been in 24. He's been in Vampire Diaries as the uncle. Um, He was in Heroes. Um, Raising that for me. He's done all the CSIs and stuff. Just really a quick question about your side, man. Are you going to update an existing look for them, or are you going to go with something completely new? Um, I, I, I think something completely new, although probably more reminiscent of the Tenth Planet Cybermen. Okay. Uh, Some more human elements, too. Yeah, trying to play on the whole kind of what is human type angle on it, and obviously the dangers of good intentions as well. I think it's by plasma or lime green straws. You could give them crazy straws, you know. That's good. That's a good idea. Crazy <laughs> lime green straws. Basically, I've just decided that right now. <laughs> I like it. So, Doctor. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's exhausting. 
Dun dun dun, the big one. Can we go for? Has anyone got any other choices of of monsters? I I thought of possibly going for the crinoids from the Seeds of Doom. Basically, to basically just be a trapping for the story to take place in. And you know, you could always do a bit of a uh, a satire on vegetarianism again, which is always entertaining. Um, I had, which might make more sense when we go on to the next category. I had the werewolves, but I can't remember which oh, one it was. Tooth and Claw. And the Carrier Knights. Okay. From the Shakespeare Code. Oh, the witches, yes. They'd be really cool. Mm. They were my second after the Plasmavores. I had the Sinorians led by Michael Ironside, and I had um, the, the face of Bo with, <laughs> Mar- with Marlon Brando's head from Superman. <laughs> You win. <laughs> this wasn't a competition, but you win. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so back to the main category, Sarah, your first pick. On what? What category? Oh, the doctor. Okay, I don't think I'm going to disturb any of you, any of your lists. I don't think. Um, I and I'm aware that J- James may be the only one who knows who this is. Swindon stopped having a heart attack. So there's no way that our lists are going to correlate at all, really. Well, I'm not so sure you'll even know my. You, you know, they, 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 they might when you. They might if I get to this. Ah, okay. Swithin's nervous because he's last in the picking order. Ah, one, that is so. true. I'm not going to worry you, don't worry. Um, Paul Blackthorne. Blackthorne. Again, it's a name I know, but, but who is he? Um, predominantly for me, he plays Harry Dresden in the Dresden Files. Ah, okay, yeah. Which is why it, I nearly picked the werewolves as my monster. Um, yeah. In the TV series, um, adaptation of the series of books, The Dresden Files, he plays the lead character, Harry Dresden. He was also in 24. He um, was also in 24. He was in ER, wasn't he? He was in ER way, way back. Yeah, he was in ER. He's been in Warehouse 13. Um, he was in an episode of Jonathan Creek, apparently. You're, you're IMDBing him, aren't you? I am, yeah. He was in, Olivia, he was in Justice League Doom. Oh, was he? Who was he? He was Methano. Ooh. I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so do I, I approve. How old is he exactly? Uh, how old is he? I don't know. He was born in 1969. Oh, okay. A decent vintage. <laughs> so, I'm yeah, really interested to I see think. whether we go older or younger for the doctor. So. Well, I've now gone older, obviously. Olivia, who have you got? Uh, Tamsin Greg. Tamsin Greg. Oh. 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 That's really Hell not yeah. what I would have thought of, but I do like that. Yeah. My my initial choice just to troll everyone was Lucy Lou. <laughs> um, <laughs> then I could annoy the Sherlock fandom and the Doctor <laughs> Who fandom. <laughs> then I'd have enough tears to sustain me forever. Um, I no, I think Townsend Greg would do a really good job mm. actually. She's in Black Books. Yeah. Oh, she was, she yeah. was in an episode of Doctor Who, actually, wasn't she? She was in um, The Long Game, back in Series 1. Uh, she, she's the one who gave Adam his brain implant. Oh, OK. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I thought mm. with the horse theme, you might have picked Caliglia. What? Caliglia. It wasn't a horse theme. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not a horse thing she's going with. There's, yeah. there's a far more obvious team here. Could have gone with Seabiscuit. <laughs> Seabiscuit. 
Yeah. The horse from Warhorse. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Quartal presents The Horse from Warhorse, yeah. Sea Biscuit, My Little Pony, <laughs> in Doc- Doctor Hooves. I've, I've just thought, before we go any further, would it be worth asking what sort of doctor we envisage these guys playing? A horse? <laughs> One that would piss off the fandom. That is it, true. It would. It's a doctor very much. Less serious, I think. More sort of a, a Matt Smith type doctor. Uh, a bit off the wall and wacky. Mine's probably more. Oh, I don't really know. Is he going to play him as a gumshoe? Because in Dresden was a. Yeah, like and like sort of generally the sort of um, underdog sort of fighting against it all, sort of. Yeah. Spending most of the time trying to sort of sort things out and save people who don't necessarily always want to uh, collaborate with being saved. Yeah, probably a much less known doctor. Um, so not the sort of everyone knows who he is. Slightly down at heel. Yeah. Struggling to make his way in the world, kind of. Yes. Figure. Yeah. Hey. Caleb, you're up. Oh, okay. My choice of doctor will be Jeffrey Rush. Because okay. oh. I would like to go for an older Doctor again, and I think he's uh, got both the acting chops and he's got that, he can do the kind of slightly boggle-eyed thing, and from doing Captain Barbarossa in Pirates of the Caribbean, he can do the sort of humorous stuff and mm. things. So I think I think he could be really good. That's all really good James, down to you now. It's it's with an new hyperventilator yet. Not yet. Okay, good. Sorry, go on, James. Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Uh, no, it's not. It's not Jason Statham. Um, it's Patrick Stewart. What? Patrick Stewart. This is ah. You don't know which one you're joking about. No, it's Patrick. Patrick Stewart is my actual my actual. Okay, Jason <laughs> It was it was on my list, but I thought it would be too cool. Patrick Stewart was on my shortlist. How is he going to be playing it? Uh, he's going to be playing it. He's going to be playing it basically as Charles Xavier. Basically, my my film is that he goes around the world <laughs> recruiting impressionable teenagers to to fight Ian McKellen. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, Wolverine's in it. <laughs> He's played by Jason Statham. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that movie. Oh yeah, I know. Although actually. If I could have Patrick Stewart, but then in flashbacks he's played by Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> no, in flashbacks he's got to be played by James McAvoy. Yes, <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> so I think I already did watch the hell out of that movie. <laughs> Is it you next, Pete? Is that why you're next. looking a bit? Yeah, it's me next. I've got two choices. Oh, no, it's very but I, I, for the life of me, I cannot think who would be on Sweden's shortlist. I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether I you've can, got the same. I can guarantee it's neither of these two. Okay. Unless it is. <laughs> well, come on, Pete, put us out of our misery. Who have you picked? It's going to be a fairly obscure choice. 
Okay. Half of you didn't know who my choice was. That's true. <laughs> I'm gonna go for Alistair Sim as the doctor. Right, so Who is Alistair Sim? Met with a complete silence. Yeah. Alistair Sim, born in 1900, died in 1976. Was one of the great British character actors from the 40s to the 60s. Okay. Uh, he was in the original run of St Trinian's films. He played Miss Britain and Clarence Britain, the two roles played by Rupert Everett in the in the in new the, ones. The yeah. The, pre- the principal is next. That's it. Yeah, he plays the headmistress. headmistress. Um, by 1950, he had top the British cinema goer's popularity poll. So he was one of the most popular actors of his time. He'd done all sorts of stuff. He did a lot of comedy, um, but he play, He did play villains. He's got a very dark streak uh, in him. And if you've ever seen the original version of The Lady Killers with Alec Guinness mm-hmm. uh, playing the lead criminal, he's playing that as Alistair Sim. And he credited Alistair Sim with giving him the idea for the performance. Um, so I'd have Alistair Sim from his time around about the, the Bells of St Trinian's, so mid-50s. So an older Doctor, but I'd have him playing the Doctor as a slightly fusty academic, but with a mad professor undertone, and you're not quite sure if he's a villain or if he's a good guy. So I want to take it back to that very early mm. William Hartnell vibe. Right, come on, Swithin, let's put you out of your misery. Yes. I was dreading this because I've, I've got two choices. My first one I think is a lot better. Going back to having a similar Doctor, I think, to how Peter envisages it with an older one. And Sarah is going to complain at me for choosing this. Why? Because it is a Harry Potter-related character. Oh, okay. No, um, I'm not complaining. Well, well no. You can say, else has Harry Potter characters. Well, no, is it Rupert Grint? Um, is it Rupert Grint? It is not Rupert Grint. It is Michael Gambon. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Playing when he was in his. Book. I would have not guessed that at all, Swithin. Wouldn't you? That's no. fine. That's quite just a good choice, though. So, Mike, Michael, in, in, in his round, about when he was 50, 55, something like that. How old would he now? He's, he must be 6, 70. He must be mid 60s. Mid 60s, 70s. So, slightly younger than he is now. Not that you play the same character, but you can see elements how he would play the Doctor, to some extent, in The Singing Detective, which you, none of you have probably seen. Oh, no. Very much more of an investigative Doctor mm-hmm. who's actually exploring and has this very good actor as well and fits quite nicely with my with James Cavis and uh, Helena Bonham Carter as a, as a TARDIS 3 mm. you've got an older doctor mm. you've got a funny but active pretty young guy and Helena Bonham Carter being Helena Bonham Carter he's um, 71 I think it's saying here so, currently so. so Michael Gambon about 10-15 years ago and without the long white beard yes without the long white beard so, Pete, what was your other choice? My other choice was... Michael Gambon was my number four choice. Okay. Um, but my number two choice was Brendan Gleeson. Also, also oh, from Harry Potter. Oh, oh, that'd be really good. Oh. I, I, I'm not sure... As much as I love Alistair Sim, I'm not sure if Brendan Gleeson wouldn't have been a better choice. But, yeah, I, I, I like... Stuck with it he, now. he would be a harder-edged, slightly more cynical, more bullish Doctor. Yeah, but I mean, Brendan Gleeson is brilliant in everything that he appears mm. in. Oh, that's arguable. Some people don't, don't like him as um, Mad Eye Moody. Yeah. I always thought Tom Baker would be good for Mad Eye Moody. Yeah, yeah he would have been good. Then I always thought Stephen Fry would make a perfect Dumbledore. Who? Stephen Fry. Dumbledore, Sarah, the headmaster. No, yes, I know who he is, James. I meant which uh, real life person Pete was on about. I didn't hear him say Stephen Fry. 
I don't know how we carry off the look of Dumbledore. Well, the look of Dumbledore's only really been decided by the film, hasn't it? No, it's it's depicted in the book that he has a long white beard for a start. Yeah, oh, yeah, but... Well, you could stick anyone in a long white beard. No, 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 but what I mean is how, how Stephen Fry would carry off the, the, yeah. the oh, hair and makeup. I don't mean that he has to grow a long white beard. He, he played an academic, or a professor in the TV adaptation of Gormenghast, and he had enormous great mutton chops and a moustache and that, and he, uh, he carried that off with a form, so I think he'd, he'd manage that quite well. Okay. But uh, Dumbledore in the books is depicted as hiding his wisdom and his knowledge behind a sense of humour to a far greater extent than in the film. Mm. With the films, he's, he's far more of the we knowing We probably shouldn't go yeah. down this line because we will get very, very we sidetracked. Will, that, that's if that's I start for discussing. another Yes, movie it is drive, for another... Um, sorry, right, no, let's move yeah, on no, before <laughs> I get stuck <laughs> in Harry Potter. My, my backup choice was Martin Sheen ah. with all the companions as the cast of The West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> it was probably more of a, a humorous one, but Warwick Davis. Oh, he'd be good. Uh, of plays Flitwick and Grip Hook. He's the He's the short the dwarf, dwarf actor in Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, he, he okay. Plays, he plays Widget the Ewok in. And he plays Willow. Oh, nice. He's probably the most well-known one. And then David Anders, who then became my class of all. I did toy with the idea of Tom ah. Bell, Draco Malfoy for. Ah. But I decided he was too young in the end. My my, my second mm-hmm. choice was going to be Peter O'Toole. Oh. Oh. Um, so really, are going back to so what again? What age would he be? Um, probably in his fifties. Yeah. Yeah, Peter O'Toole's getting on. Mainly thinking from Lawrence of Arabia, he plays a kind of charismatic but quite odd character in um, Lawrence, which I could see some Doctor elements in that to some extent, uh, which is why I thought of him. And I'm glad nobody else thought of him either, so that was... So, we didn't actually panic you that much at all? Well, it's so. just the fact I really wanted Michael Gambon, and I was last. That's what... Um, he had to get through the Harry Potter fan first. So. Yeah. Well, that was also a consideration. Well, yeah. any of you that picked Harry Potter ones were quite safe from me, because I don't think I've got anyone, have I? I had Jennifer Hale as my other pick for the Doctor. Female Commander Shepard. Ah. Just uh, for nerdish reasons. Peter O'Toole is 79, by the way. Currently. <laughs> I really like Michael Gambon and Jeffrey Rush's choices. I like Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. It's a good choice. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush is good. So what have we got left? The left is a uh, scriptwriter. Am I last on this one? Yeah. You are. So this could be the one I might be more in danger for. But, uh... I, I don't think anybody is in danger of my first choice, with the possible exception of Peter and Caleb. So Swithin, you're starting us off, aren't you? I'm going to pick uh, Lawrence Miles with friends, otherwise known as Jim Mortimer. Explanation, <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh, Jim Mortimer. He wrote some. I think he did some of the new adventures, Virgin New Adventures in the 90s, and he also did some of the past Doctor adventures with. Did he do some PDAs with Paul McGowan, Caleb? Eye of Heaven. Oh uh, yeah, the next Doctor adventures. Yeah. Yeah, basically they're the kind of uh, really way out spin-off novel writers. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Bell Tempest, for example, is this like really bleak cosmic epic of uh, a whole solar system uh, being destroyed and the Doctor not being able to save everyone. That's the kind of thing that appeals to Swithin. 
Yes. Um, he's also um, also a nice tie-in. He did Campaign, which was rejected by BBC as a main uh, spin-off novel, so he published it himself. Basically, the, uh, the tagline on the front of the, of the novel was a comment by a reviewer saying it was the edge of destruction as directed by David Lynch. That's really what you've been gunning for this whole time, isn't it? Might have. <laughs> which, uh, which is a complete tie set in the TARDIS and is really, really strange. But his best work, though, I think, is the Big Finish Audio Natural History of Fear. And if you've never listened to it, you have to. That is actually really good. Dystopian kind of uh, 1984 thing. The best thing in it, though, um, everyone kind of changes character due to like the processing that the characters go through. So the same voice actors play different roles. Uh, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, if you're not listen to any Big Finish, I would wholeheartedly recommend listening to that. So Jim Mortimer was number one, and I got it. Okay. Who's next? What's Peter? Peter. I could annoy everyone. Probably Caleb by going for Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> yeah. He's on my list. But I'm not going to. Oh. <laughs> if, if, I, if, if I actually want, if I wanted to do The Edge of Destruction, if I wanted to do an entire movie set inside the TARDIS, <laughs> wandering the corridors in search of a way out, then I would have gone with Sorkin. But instead, I'm going to pick Hugo winning <laughs> author, comic strip writer, and screenwriter, Mr. Paul Cornell. Ah. Mm. Uh-huh. Primarily, now I know this might be bending the rules a little bit because he's got Fireform on the main TV show. Yes, exactly. I actually it, know who he is. It was an adaption, though. It was. It was he adapted an adaptation. Uh, but he did Father's Day as well in Series 1. Which oh, was, yeah, that's true. Don't talk yourself out of your own choice, but <laughs> Justify my choice. It, it's not on the strength of any of those particularly that I've picked him. It's because he's got Fireform across a whole range of different mediums. Scream of the Shalker, his Doctor Who web series, proved that he can take the show, because Scream of the Shalker was released um, a year before the series came back, and was supposed to be the BBC's official relaunch of Doctor Who. Paul Cornell was effectively showrunner of the web series, because he wrote all the episodes, he plotted the story. But that proved that he can take the core elements of Doctor Who and completely reinvent them, because he had a robotic version of the Master as the companion. He had... Uh, the Doctor working as a secret agent for the Time Lords and not being able to choose where he goes and being sent on special missions by them. And he kept the, ma- the core of the show, but the dynamic changed completely. And it just proves that he can throw in some really big game-changing ideas mm. in a standalone format separate from the TV series and the stuff that he's already done. And for that reason, I, I choose Paul Cornell. He, he is a really good writer. Yeah, I think he'd be a very good writer. James? This is the one I'm most at risk of, is James picking his. I know exactly who you think I'm going to go with, but I, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go with them. Um, like Pete, I, I had got Aaron Sorkin on my list, but I'm not going to go with him. Um, I'm instead, I, I'm going to stick with the, the Edgar Wright theme and go with Brian Leo Malley, um, who's the writer of Scott Pilgrim originally. There's quite a Scott Pilgrim. Theme. There is, there is, um, and basically, I'm going with that because I love the 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 um, more comedy dynamic. And frankly, who wouldn't want to see Patrick Stewart in a kind of more comic strippy role as <laughs> Professor X, where you know he goes around punching out Tilda Swinton or 
Mickey Rourke or Liam Neeson. <laughs> I'm loving this movie more and more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, that, that's my choice, Brian Leo Malley. But yeah, with, with Aaron Sorkin, a, a close second, but I don't really see how you can get quite so much, you know, ridiculous levels of violence with Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> it, it's more thinky and talky, not fighty and shouty. And that's what you really want, isn't Well, it? isn't it what everyone really wants? The campaign to have Aaron Sorkin write The Expendables 3 starts. <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> or, or, or the next Die Hard movie, which is going to be terrible. Are they making another Die Hard movie? They announced the title officially this week. It's called A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> Sorry. And it, apparently it's, it's John McClane and his son go to battle terrorists in Russia. Probably want to miss them. What, why are they just seeking out trouble now? I, I don't know if they specifically go looking for terrorists, or they just go and there happen to be terrorists there. Well, it is Russia. Is it my turn, turn to pick her? Yeah. Hey. I'll go fair and Sorkin, considering how close other people have uh, come to picking him. I mean, I, as far as I know, uh, he's never done sci-fi. Uh, so I've no idea how that would play out, but I just love everyone to be running around spouting Aaron Sorkin dialogue in the Doctor Who episode. That would be brilliant. So, Aaron Sorkin of West Wing fame, who is currently working on a new series called The Newsroom, uh, which looks to be somewhat like uh, Sports Nights, was it? It looks to be a mashup of Sports Night of his three previous series, yeah. basically. Night, the West Wing and Studio 60. It's on a a live TV news show. And there is a trailer now, which I've not seen yet. I've just seen a link to it from the front page of the Guardian website. So I'll go and watch that as soon as we've done that, this podcast. Olivia? Well, I don't know an awful lot about writers. Uh, So I picked uh, some comic book writers that I really like. (laughs) So my first choice was Gail Simone, uh, who is the current writer of Backdoor. And she wrote the Wonder Woman animated movie and she wrote Wonder Woman. Or she was the penultimate writer before the last big reboot. Uh, so she, she's done writing sort of for films. So, you know, you know, she can do that. She can do sort of sort of mythical off the wall stuff and then also bring it right da- back down to the human level. I thought that she'd be quite good. Also, uh, I, I wanted to choose another woman, uh, make it all six spots female. Had Sweden realised the theme now? I don't know, maybe. It's horses. <laughs> Are I'm... all these women horses? It's horses. <laughs> Shush! <laughs> but who's the main <laughs> character? Uh... Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> Alright, that's enough forcing about uh. this. <laughs> Sarah? Um, basically, I've picked this one because of her credentials more than anything else. Uh, and apologies if I pronounce it incorrectly. Jane Esperson. Jane Esperson. Mm. Um, of, I'm going to list them in the magazine in front of me Buffy, Battlestar, Warehouse 13, Dollhouse, and Torchwood, and Game of Thrones, and Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Basically, I, she's been on majority of the shows I love. She's got huge geek credentials, which, considering I've, some of the people I've picked for mine, 
Um, I thought James might be at risk of picking her. No, actually, I was going to go with Joss. I assumed that that was who you would be going with. I, I, I had Joss Sweden on my love list. Yeah, no, I haven't got him. I, I picked uh, Jane in, instead. She's got a bit of a... She's done a few more things that aren't just Joss-related. Has she done anything that, that doesn't feature robots yet? Because every single episode that I've seen that, she, that I've noticed that she writes has been robot-related. Game of Thrones. Did that have robots? I don't think there's any robots in Game of Thrones. That's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, that's my choice. What other, what other choices did people have other than everyone have Aaron Sorkin? I didn't. He's not a woman. Well, I didn't either, but okay, most of you guys had Aaron Sorkin. I had Jane Goldman. Mm. The writer that I kind of wanted but dismissed because he didn't fit my theme was uh, Kieran Gillen who writes Journey into Mystery currently. Mm. He's fantastic, fantastic at doing the cosmic level stuff and sort of the, the humour as well. Uh, he's a really great writer. I think he'd do a really good job on Doctor Who. So if, you, if you didn't pick him specifically because he's a man, does that count as sexual discrimination? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I think it does. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. I uh, predictably had Steve Cloves on my list who's the uh, screenwriter for the Harry Potter film. Yeah. Because I really liked what he did with the uh, the material, the Harry Potter books. I also had possibly my only Doctor Who-related person, Ben Aronvich. Oh, yeah. Not because I've seen his Doctor Who already, his Doctor Who stuff, but because he writes a book series which I've read yeah. instead. Oh, his Doctor Who stuff is good. Who did you have? Uh, Andrew Nichol, who wrote the Truman Show, Gats Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. um, nice. Also, someone who'd be really interesting would be China Meville, who's a really big um, science fiction fantasy author. I've only read one of his books, The um, Un-London, but I really want to read some more. I reviewed it on the blog. Um, he's won tons of awards, and just the rest of his books sound really fascinating, so I'm hoping to catch up on some more of his sometime soon. Uh, I, I had, uh, predictably, Lawrence Miles. Also had down uh, Charles McKeown, I think I pronounced his name correctly, who co-wrote, I think, Brazil, The Imaginary of Dr. Parnassus with Terry Gilliam. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, so shall we recap the choices? I've got them all down in a, in a handy table here. For the faithful listeners at home, we are going to be putting this up as a poll on our Facebook page, uh, and we want you to vote for the film that you would spend your cash to go and see. So if you had to pick one film out of the whole lot, let us know which one it would be. So starting with Swithin, your leading man, playing the Doctor, Michael Gambon in his mid-fifties, accompanied by Helen Bonham Carter and James Callis. <laughs> Script by Jim Mortimer. Facing off against Alan Rickman and the Cybermen. Directed by David Lynch. And your elevator pitch, please, sir. Uh, I'm going for... High concept sci- sci-fi uh, story with a humorous element to it, which I think I've chosen by my picks of actors. A story of depth about what it is to be human with the Cybermen, with great visual style and uh, some surreal elements from, with David Lynch. All in a vaguely family-friendly package. <laughs> That's supposed to quote vaguely family-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you have a vague family, bring them along, they'll love it. They will love it. It's high concept sci-fi, it's got good characters, it's got a sense of humour, it's got some depth to it. That's that's what I'm going for. 
So here we go. We have Peter with his doctor, Alistair Sim, flanked by companions Amy Adams and Dexter Fletcher with a script by Paul Cornell and those TARDIS crew facing up against Peter Lorre and the Santarans, all helmed by Alfonso Cuadron. So, Peter, elevator pitch. My elevator pitch. Uh, it's basically going to be the whole concept of Doctor Who in an hour and a half. An adventure across time, stretching to the future, a futuristic battlefield as the Santarans attack, into the Victorian past where they pick up lovable street urchin Dexter Fletcher. It's wannabe historian Amy Adams in conjunction with the mysterious old pro- professorial Alistair Sim facing, against, facing off against the master in the form of Peter Lorre. Very nice. And now, on to James's. And so he had... Well, it wasn't Jason Statham, unfortunately, but Patrick Stewart as the Doctor, with companions of Tina Majori and Alison Pong, all facing facing up against the Batman Begins Liam Neeson and Ice Warriors played by Tilda Swinton all written written by Brian Lee Malley and directed by Edgar Wright and your pitch James so you liked X-Men it's like X-Men but it'll make shit loads more money (laughs) (laughs) is that that was it was it James you want more Okay, Caleb is next up. Okay. My film stars Jeffrey Rush as the Doctor, with Martin Freeman and Rebecca Hall as the companions, as a sort of uh, modern-day Ian and Barbara-type, will-they-won't-they romance, but uh, being an Aaron Sorkin script, they're um, uh, journalists, and there's a political theme running through it, but also gothic horror, as you might expect from a film directed by Guillermo del Toro, uh, with Christopher Lee as the villain and the Zygons as there. So it's one part romantic comedy, one part gothic horror, and one part political uh, thriller in one science fiction crazy Doctor Who package. That's my pitch. Nice. Have you been rehearsing that? I think you have. No. <laughs> Made it up on the spot. <laughs> well, wow. I'd been thinking about it in the few minutes while you were doing yours. Okay, Olivia. <laughs> Winner of, of our ob- obscure category, I think. You have an all-female cast and crew with Tamsin Grieg as the Doctor, accompanied by Miranda Hart, facing off against the villainous Claudia Black and the Forest of Cheem, in a story written by Gail Simone and directed by Lauren Faust, in flash animation format. This is a film that kills off the fandom for good. <laughs> Kids won't care, they'll watch anything. <laughs> is that your strap line? Kids won't care, they'll watch anything. Sell loads of toys. At least you'll bring the bronies on board. <laughs> Last but by no means least, Sarah, you are pitching Dr. Paul Blackthorne with companions Felicia Day and Zachary Levi against the evil Benedict Cumberbatch and the army of plasmavores led by Alison Harrigan in a story by Jane Espenson uh, directed by Gary Ross. Yeah. 
How's this going to work? It, it's just a rather very, very geeky cast and crew, really. Um, but I'm going with a sort of quite humorous, but also quite um, sort of intelligent beneath all the humour. Probably modern day Earth, not necessarily deciding where. Basically chasing what, for all intents and purposes, vampire-like creatures. Is that it, really? Basically, I just threw a load of people I like together under Jane Esperson, who I also like. Yeah, quite geeky, very sort of comedic, I think, most of the ones I've picked. But actually, when you get down to it, quite intelligent, quite well thought out in the end. Underdogs sort of winning out against the plasma balls. Well, thank you very much, everybody. I think we've ended up with six very interesting and hugely contrasting films. We'll be putting all of this in the show notes and, uh, again, on the Facebook page. So if you do need to recap, and if you do want to vote in the poll, then that's the place to head. And if you have your own Doctor Who film ideas or just your own opinion on the rumours of the David Yates project, do please let us know because we want to hear from you. And yeah, please get in touch with your own ideas. It'd be interesting to see. If you, if you think you can do better than us, if you want to do a black and white silent claymation movie, then please get uh, in touch. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening!